Welcome listeners, viewers, and readers to episode number 0002 of the Whale Wellness Show with your host Said Farah, all the way from Amman, Jordan, in the heart of the ancient world. In this episode, I'll tell you why I picked almond butter over peanut butter and what's in common between peanuts and rapper Eminem. It's an informative episode and we'll compare nut butters in terms of fatty acid profiles, proteins, carbs, minerals, etc. But those were not factors in my choice. Stick with me and I'll tell you the secret. We'll also talk about aflatoxins, allergic reactions, pure forms, forms with added palm oil or coconut oil, and other additives such as cane sugar, honey, and artificial sweeteners to help you choose the best nut butter for overall health benefits and wellness. I decided to use episode numbers with four-digit format so I do not run out of episode numbers anytime soon. I thought if Joe Rogan is doing it and it's working well for him, then why should I reinvent the wheel? To my knowledge, he is the number one podcaster in the world. If Joe is not the number one podcaster in the world, by all means drop me a comment if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. The comments do help visibility and poking the algorithms. Not sure if poking is the right word. To tell you the truth, I haven't researched who's the top podcaster. Anyways, the four-digit format suits me as I have no planned series and the main goal of posting content is to get the content out of my head into a semi-arranged format that will help me finish my book, which I intended to call According to a Diabetic Concrete Contractor. I ranted a lot, didn't I? Let's begin. Peanuts have the taste, fat content, polyphenols, phytosterols, and so many similarities to nuts. Nevertheless, scientists told peanuts you can't be nuts. You belong with the legumes. The reason is nuts should have a hard shell at maturity. It's like telling Eminem you can't be a rapper because you're white. If Eminem wants to be a rapper, I say let him be a rapper. He talks like a rapper, dresses like a rapper, and he performs very well as a rapper. The same goes for peanuts. Peanuts want to be nuts. Dear scientists, kindly allow peanuts to be nuts. Thank you. The global annual production of peanuts is much higher than that for almonds. In 2018, for example, 46 million tons of peanuts were produced while the production of almonds was only 3.2 million tons. There are two reasons for that. First of all, peanuts are ready for harvest after only three to four months from planting, while almonds need years to appear on an almond tree. Secondly, farmers prefer peanuts because as a legume, its roots fix nitrogen into the soil, increasing its fertility. For other crops planted in rotation, 
with peanuts on the same land. In Texas, farmers tend to rotate peanuts and corn. China leads the world in peanuts production, followed by India, with Sudan and Nigeria tied for third place, followed by the U.S. in fifth place. Whereas for almonds, the U.S. leads the the world producing 60% of the global production with Spain, Iran, Morocco, Turkey and Italy, then Australia occupying second to seventh place. One note worth mentioning, although it's in fifth place in peanut production, the U.S. leads the world in peanut butter production. Fatty acid profiles. Peanuts fatty acid profile per 100 gram is 24 gram monounsaturates, mainly oleic acid, 16 gram polyunsaturates, mainly linoleic acid, which is omega 6, and 17% saturates, mainly palmitate, which is a relatively short 16 carbons fatty acid found in high concentrations in palm oil, which I'll be talking about in a bit. The total fat content per 100 gram of peanuts is 48 grams. Almonds have a very similar total fat content, but a different and more favorable distribution. Total fat is 49.9 grams, with only 3.8 grams as saturates, a whopping 31.6 grams as monounsaturates, and 12.3 grams as polyunsaturates. The almonds win this comparison, but not by a big margin. Another note, you'll need to supplement with fish oil to balance out the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, and that's in regards to the polyunsaturates. And also you need to keep an eye on the saturates to monounsaturates ratio, which nobody seems to mention but yours truly found it to be of great significance in regards to body composition. Protein The protein content of both peanuts and almonds is quite high when compared to other nuts, with an interesting amino acid profile. 100 grams of peanuts contain 25 grams of protein, of which 3 grams are arginine, which is supposed to be helpful for sexual function via the nitric oxide pathway. The question remains whether or not our digestive tracts are capable of digesting all the bonds and freeing all the amino acids. On proteins, we'll call it a tie. A note, most plant-based proteins contain a high glycine to methionine ratio, which I'll cover in another episode. Carbs and tastiness. The carbohydrate content of both almonds and peanuts are around 21 grams per 100 gram, which seems high, but it's not to worry about if you're on a ketogenic lifestyle, which most of you should be. As nine of those carbs are fiber with zero sugar in peanuts and 12.5 grams fiber with only 4.4 grams of sugars for almonds. That leaves a non-significant amount of net carbs in a serving because 
you're supposed to consume much less than 100 grams of either peanut butter or almond butter per day. Okay, I'll tell you my secret. If I get a little taste of peanut butter, I'll end up eating the entire jar. That's why I choose almond butter. Peanut butter is the clear, hands-down winner of the tastiness comparison. That is, peanut butter is way tastier than almond butter. That's a point for almond butter in terms of wellness. We want to eat less when it comes to energy-dense foods, minerals and phytochemicals. Both peanuts and almonds are rich sources of vitamin E, most B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, and especially manganese, among other trace minerals. While peanuts reign supreme in regards to vitamins B1, B3, B5, B6, B9, and zinc, Almonds blow peanuts out of the water in every other vitamin and mineral. Peanuts, especially the skin, contain a tiny amount of resveratrol. Resveratrol is an interesting molecule as it was shown to activate AMPK, which increases NAD+, or NAD+, which in turn increases the activity of CERT1. The anti-diabetic drug metformin works in a very similar manner, and that's why it's very popular among the anti-aging community. As you may know, resveratrol is also found in blueberries and red grapes, with relatively high concentrations in some red wines, which started the trend that wine is healthy and cardioprotective, etc. It's most definitely not. Take it easy on the alcohol, guys. I'll tell you about the dangers of ethanol in another episode. Let's focus now on nut butters. Anyway, the concentration of resveratrol is too low to be effective unless you consume a very large amount of peanut butter, which will negate the benefits of AMPK activation. There's the issue of aflatoxins and allergic reactions. These are separate issues. Aflatoxins are cancer-promoting chemicals produced by a mold called Aspergillus flavus. This mold grows on both peanuts and almonds. If you're interested to know more about the subject, I'll add references for further reading in the blog version of the episode, which you'll find in the video description on both YouTube and Facebook. You can also join the newsletter by clicking the second link and you'll receive the blog posts as soon as they're published. Allergic reactions to peanuts are much common than allergies to almonds. An important scientific fact for you guys is that these reactions are caused by protein fragments with amino acids being arranged in a certain order and not by individual amino acids. What I'm trying to say is it's a protein fragment that the immune system reads as a threat. So it's not the individual amino acids, nor the oil. And most people allergic to peanuts should not have a reaction to something cooked in peanut oil, but still be careful. Allergic reactions are very serious and can be fatal if the affected person does not receive emergency treatment in time. We have a tie for aflatoxins and almonds win the less allergic comparison. I have two notes here. Even if you're not allergic to either, try to rotate them whenever possible. 
When you run out of almond butter, get a jar of peanut butter and keep on switching as this probably reduces uh, the chances of developing reactions. The second note is to eliminate both and everything else for that matter if you have any autoimmune condition, including skin conditions. By following a strict carnivore lifestyle, then add back one of them and you'll know if it triggers your condition. Additives Okay, let's talk about additives. I have way too many causes that I support, advocate, and way too many self-imposed moral codes that I live by. Saving the rainforest and the cultivation of palm trees is unfortunately something that I can't add to my long list. My list is full, but all power to you if you're against using products containing palm oil. There are alternatives, but not as good. Have you ever tried remixing a separated jar of nut oil? It's time-consuming and does take some effort and lots of focus, so as not to spill oil and make a mess. It is a pain in the ass. Now imagine doing that once every week or so forever. Sure, you'll get better at it, but at the same time, it's disheartening and can subconsciously make you hate your chosen healthy lifestyle and eventually get back to your unhealthy, disease-causing old ways. I'd rather stick with palm oil. If the remixing doesn't bother you, then by all means go for the pure nut varieties. There's of course a middle ground where the palm oil is replaced by coconut oil. That's a good improvement over the pure nut varieties, but those still separate and need remixing. Those also need to be placed in the fridge after remixing to not separate again if you live in a warm climate part of the world or in summer. I can argue that the fatty acid profile of the palm oil complements the fatty acid profile of most nut butters much better than coconut oil, not to mention the superior text, uh, texture and richness that the palm oil adds when compared to the coconut oil varieties. Medium chain fatty acids names are derived from the number of carbons they have and are classified accordingly. The shortest of the family members is hexanoic acid, also called caproic acid. Hexa is six. The second member has eight carbons, so it was called octanoic acid with the common name caprylic acid. The remaining two members of the family are capric acid and lauric acid and have 10 and 12 carbons respectively. Let's call them C6, C8, C10, and C12 to simplify matters. C4 and C6 are oily liquids at room temperature, while C10 is a white crystalline form at room temperature, and C12 is a white powder. Why did I tell you that? Well, the reason is some of you are buying C8 and C10 as a health supplement, not knowing that it's a cheap byproduct left after the valuable laureate, which is C12, is separated. C12 is a potent antibacterial with excellent physical properties used in creams and shampoos, often called monolaurate. 
The benefits of the medium chain fatty acids found in coconut oil are overinflated, in my opinion. Those proposed benefits are hopeful extrapolations originating from cherry picked conclusions of scientific papers taken out of context by keto fanatics. Don't get me wrong, I'm on a low carb diet most of the week, most weeks of the year, but I'm not a fanatic. Some people do not do well on low carb, high fat because of certain genetic polymorphisms, controlling various apolipoproteins and enzymes regulating liver glycogen, triglyceride, and lipoprotein metabolism. Analysis of genetic testing results is one of the services I provide to my clients. It took me years to extract from research papers which polymorphism does what. A final note on coconut oil. Medium chain fatty acids are still not studied enough. With studies giving conflicting conclusions. If you want my opinion, stick to the topical use of coconut oil. As for nut oil stabilizers, palm oil is not that bad for overall health benefits. You can raise ketones by eliminating carbs and fasting instead of ingesting MCTs, which does not raise ketones that much in comparison. Additional ingredients that may be included in nut butters are salt and an emulsifier. For salt, make sure it's non-iodinated. Both sea salt and rock salt are okay. For emulsifiers, soy lithicin is acceptable and healthy. Pay attention. Soy is unhealthy, but pure lithicin is okay. Or just pick a product that has no emulsifiers. For myself, I use nut butters in my way isolate and a little amount of water to make a paste-like meal that I have once or twice per day. And I add some collagen peptide powders to that mix. Last but not least, sweeteners. If you're severely overweight, then artificial sweeteners are the least of your problems. We'll do head-to-head comparisons between artificial sweeteners in future episodes. The important point to highlight here is in order to pick a good nut butter, to pick either a product with no sweeteners at all, or a product with artificial sweeteners. Stay away from products that include honey, fructose, inverted sugar, brown sugar, cane sugar, beet sugar, corn syrup, and whatever fancy names for real sugar. Okay, for myself, I'll stay away from peanut butter when I'm trying to lose body fat, as I tend to eat the entire jar, as I told you. I'll pick an almond butter product with palm oil and an artificial sweeteners in the off-season, and I'll go for all natural almond butter without palm oil and any other ingredients starting about 30 days before a competition. The way I use nut butter is to mix it with whey isolate powder and collagen peptides for a mere replacement paste, as I told you. The last point is to stick to organic whenever possible. 